Hi, I'm Sherry. And I'm Fran. And welcome to Modern Whittle Podcast, Episode 17, Managing Your Finances. And Fran, we have got a great show planned for our audience today with accountant Bart Von Zostro, who is a licensed CPA. But before we bring Bart on, Fran, you know what time it is. I do know what time it is. It's time for Weekend Shenanigans, Notable Events. And Fran and I had a joint weekend shenanigan notable event this last week. And Fran, why don't you talk about it a little bit? Well, in past years, uh, we have a group of, uh, of girls that get together. We've known each other for quite a while. And we try to do it a couple of times a year. And with everything that happened this past year, we have not seen uh, these, we have not been able to do this. We haven't seen them in 15 months. I know. Wasn't that something when we reflected on how long it has been since we have actually seen each other? Not since last February. We had so much to catch up on. We, we were there. We went out to a lovely dinner, a lovely dinner in Grand Rapids. The food was amazing. The, the venue was, was beautiful. The staff was so kind to us. And we stayed for three and a half hours. Yes, we were almost overdoing <laughs> our welcome at one point. <laughs> it's right. It started to get a little uncomfortable. It's like they were hovering. <laughs> yeah, yes, hovering over us at our table. Will these I mean, ladies please move on? Like to our credit, though, we, we did try to stretch it out. We had dessert. We had coffee and more coffee and water. And, you know, we did try to stretch it out. Yes, but a good time was had by all. We had a wonderful conversation, big hugs. It was a grand time. And I want to thank our friends for coming up to Grand Rapids and meeting me because I drove down from Northern Michigan. So it was a lovely evening for all of us. Well, and it was so nice to, you know, texts and Facebook and everything can only go so far. But, you know, when you're sitting face to face with your friends and you're catching up on, you know, what's happening in their lives, what's happening with their families, you know, it's just different. And here's a really nice thing that happened during our dinner. Once we got there, we, we were all sitting around the table and we were chatting and catching up. And our group of ladies is pretty much like Sherry and I. We like to talk. We like to laugh. We're pretty upbeat. And all of a sudden, our waitress came over and told us that the gentleman at the next table had bought us a round of drinks. And we looked over and here was, he was sitting all by himself. I went over to thank him. And here he was a local guy from Grand Rapids who had made pretty good in his life. He plays for a semi-pro basketball team in Arizona. And I got a little bit of his story. He was back in town to do a clinic for the neighborhood kids. And he said he had been sitting there and he was just kind of didn't mean to like listen in on our conversation, but you know, we get a little loud, but he said he just found us so upbeat and entertaining and a, a group of lovely ladies. And he just, he wanted to do something nice for us. And it was sweet. It was absolutely sweet and refreshing that the first time we go out, somebody actually buys us a drink. Once again, we call attention to ourselves. <laughs> 
no, he, he was a really, he was a really good guy. He was a really good guy. And I, I talked to him for a little bit and told him, you know, what a nice thing he was doing, that it was just so good of him that he came back to, to the neighborhood that he, you know, was born and raised in and everything. So yeah, to help the kids out. But uh, between that and I was out last night, locally, things are starting to get back to normal. Uh, but between talking and laughing Thursday night and talking and laughing last night, I'm a little hoarse, Cher. That's okay. That tells me you had a great time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Fran and I happened to stay at the same hotel. And after our dinner, we decided to have a nightcap. So, Fran, why don't you tell them about that little episode? Because it was a lot of fun. Oh, gosh. We Yeah, we went back to the hotel and um, the, the lounge was, was open then we'll just we'll just sit uh, we want we always sherry and i do try to talk over our next episode a little bit uh before it happens and so that that gave us a chance to just talk about it a little bit when the waitress came over we asked her if, if they had any signature cocktails for that evening and she told us like what it was and we decided that that was going to be our our nightcap by the time we finished we have come up with an idea for yet another segment of the podcast, uh, but we're not going to tell you yet. There will be more details to come. It'll be a monthly segment. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Don't you share? I do. And I think our listeners will appreciate what we're going to offer in the future. I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We want to welcome Bart Von Zastro to our program this week. And Bart is a licensed CPA with 25 years experience in operational and forensic accounting, having worked in both private industry as a financial controller and in both public accounting and government providing forensic accounting and financial litigation support services. Bart currently works as a forensic accountant and financial analyst providing litigation support for a component of the federal government. Bart also runs a consulting business providing daily money management, and financial reporting services to individual clients, starting his business using all the lessons he learned from when he was suddenly and unexpectedly thrust into managing his parents' financial affairs after his father experienced a medical crisis. Bart, welcome to Modern Widow Podcast, and we are so happy and very fortunate to have you on our show today. Well, thanks, Sherry and Fran. Thanks a lot for having me. It's, it's good to be here. Bart, welcome to the show. We are so happy to have you as part of this continuing series. We market it as Widowhood 101. Things that there are no classes for ahead of time, things they don't tell you. And this week's um, episode is going to basically be talking about what happens, um, the surviving spouse that's, that's left. What if they have never had any understanding or took part in, in the family finances. I think Sherry and I were both lucky that we shared responsibilities with our spouses, but we also know that that isn't always the case. And I think we all know of couples where the husband or wife has passed away and the remaining spouse has absolutely no clue. Like I, I know of women who have never even had to write a check. And with technology these days, um, have absolutely no clue. Tell us, how does someone even get going at that point? Excellent question, Fran. And I'm, I'm sure I know it happens all the time and and, and really is a, is a problem. I guess maybe, maybe back up just a, a bit, because I think let's just lay some groundwork as 
to, to get folks, you know, familiar with what sort of foundation that any financial situation should really have in terms of knowing what's going on. So, you know, if you do have some time to to prepare, there's just, you know, a few sort of introductory steps and, and this will lead us into what happens if you don't have that time to prepare, but let's just get a little framework here. So I, I think, you know, the, the fundamental um, financial structure of a family, it rests on a few key important pillars. Oftentimes there's a, you know, a trust or an estate lawyer. There's oftentimes usually always is a tax CPA that does the taxes. There's often an, an investment advisor and, and perhaps even a banker. And then sometimes there's even somebody, you know, some other trusted advisor that sort of manages and organizes all the, the efforts of, of all these folks that, that help you out. So obviously the first thing you need to do is, you know, to, to make sure you have contact information for these trusted advisors uh, and have preferably have talked to them before, you know, th anything happens so that they know you and, and you and you can move forward. Another great thing is if you can, you know, have that have the spouse that knows what's going on, prepare that prepare a roadmap of of what the the accounts are and insurance policies and how everything interacts. And of course, also, you know, on all your online account information, you know, you need to make sure you have all those, those, you know, account usernames and passwords. But now, you know, getting back to your specific question, what if a spouse finds themselves faced with a prospect of figuring out what to do and where to start and, and, you know, has no information, has no background, has never been involved with it. So where do you start? Well, you know, one of the best places, if you can get your hands on the most recently filed income tax return that, that you know, your family, your spouse has prepared, that's a great resource because that income tax return always has uh, the, a line on the bottom for the paid preparer. And <clears throat> that person will know a lot of what's going on with particularly the tax situation, but also the, the, you know, the investment situation. And so that would probably be my first step if I had absolutely no other information would be to find the tax return, find the pay, paid preparer on the tax return, contact that paid preparer and start the conversation about what's going on, how the finances are arranged and that sort of stuff. Also, that person will likely also know the other people we talked about earlier, those other trusted advisors, the, the trust and estate lawyer, the investment advisor, the banker. So once you know these key players and, and get to talk to them, you can start building a map of your finances uh, and pe begin to navigate you know, to where you want to go. So that, that would be my first step. I think that tax return and identifying trusted advisors in any way you can. I mean, you might be able to find some other you know, inv uh, investment account statements in the files. Those usually have a name on them. You know, any legal documents you find, um, those will have attorney names on them as well. So just get started, reach out to those trusted advisors and uh, just get the ball rolling and, and start start at that point. Yeah, you, you made a good point there as far as I hadn't even thought about like the insurance policies um, that gets so complicated. Uh, you, you don't know where they are or, you know, even a contact number to get those that those life insurance funds um, that are that are owed to you. I especially for women, Bart. I'm sure that one of the first things that that they think about if, if they weren't prepared is how am I going to live now? Like, like, what am I going to do for money? 
uh, like where, what are my sources of income? Can, can you speak to that? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's obviously a big part of, of day-to-day uh, money management for sure. You know, I think that's something that you need to really talk to, you know, both your banker and your, and your investment advisor to really get a feel of, of what your financial situation is, what sort of investments the family has and what those investments generate in terms of income. Um, as well as, you know, fixed income sources, of course, you know, like Social Security, um, any pensions from any um, prior jobs that, you know, were, were retired from. And um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, building that roadmap of the of where where you are in terms of your financial situation and all those sources of income, that's that's that first step is to try to figure out you know, what the lay of the land is to try to figure out where, where you're going to be getting your income from. And, and actually, you know, going back to that insurance policy question, I, I think that's very important because you're, you're right. Life insurance is one of those things that just, you know, you set it up years and years and years ago and you never look at it. Right. Uh, it, it, does, it doesn't get, you know, yearly statements typically, uh, certainly not quarterly statements. Sometimes you do get a yearly statement, like a benefit statement or something. But yeah, that is a tough one. Um, that one definitely, you know, scour through the files. But again, typically, you know, the one of those trusted advisors will probably know what's going on with that policy. I'm sure it has been talked about in the past uh, at some point because obviously it's an important part of um, you know cash flow right at the time of of, of loss of of a, of a partner. Yeah. Sure. You know, I, I know of several examples that insurance policies, you know, you take them out, they might not be like a ton of money, they might be $1,000 or, or, you know, $2,000. And they get lost in the shuffle, they get filed mm-hmm. away. And you don't find those until months and months after after the death of, of a spouse. And I mean, it's money that that you're entitled to, but you kind of got to do your detective work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, Bart, you, you you talked about you know investments, and you know I I know Sherry and I were were lucky enough that our our spouses helped us with that, and we kind of worked as a team. But protecting what you did work for as as a team, and how to protect those investments going forward. I know that after my husband died, I we I had my advisors over. Um, they were very trusted friends and advisors for years. And I, I told them, I said, I we had known that we were going to have to make changes with some of our investments when, when my husband retired. I just didn't expect to have to be making those decisions on my own. So as far as, you know, how do you trust your advisor? Yeah, that's a very good question and very, very important because, you know, as we all know, you know, obviously money is very important to, to make life enjoyable and comfortable, but everybody's financial situation is, is very different and very personal. And, you know, having those trusted advisors is so important to the whole picture. But you're right. How do you, how do you get to those trust, trusted advisors? How do, you, how do you establish that trust? And, you know, there's no perfect or easy or simple answer to that. It, it is a process. It's a relationship, I think, like any other relationship. And I think the key to that is that like any relationship, it's really based on trust. So how do you how do you learn to trust, you know, somebody that you're working with? And I think with finances, one of the 
best ways really to to establish trust I've I found is make sure that whoever you're working with can explain to you in in very simple terms what's going on where where you are what what's what's your current situation financially and what the plan is for the investments or the insurance policies or the tax positions and how all that fits together and if and if those folks can't really explain it to you in simple english i mean obviously we understand that things are complicated and you're not going to maybe understand all the minutia and the detail of everything but you know in general broad terms those advisors if if they're really competent and 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 good <clears throat> they should be able to give you in pretty simple terms <clears throat> you know what exactly is the 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 simplest concept that they're trying to accomplish and how that's going to benefit you if they're able to do that for you that's a huge first step in you know establishing that trust between you and those advisors um because you know then you you both are on the same page and you both understand where you are and where you want to go so yeah so i i think that would probably be my first step i think that's a really good way to establish that trust is through explaining what's going on and making sure you you understand what's going on and and you know conversely if you don't and you're not comfortable you know it it may be a good time to maybe find somebody else because you really need to you know it's it's your money and it's your life and you need to be comfortable with the situation and if you're not <clears throat> you know it might be time to make a change and you know it's it's pretty much a given that after your spouse passes away you know what you what your goals were as a married couple as a team well those those goals change now i mean i you need to make sure that going forward that you know your money is going to work for what you're looking for in the future and it, mm-hmm. it's it's just you now yeah absolutely like i said you know it's it's investing in money management it's it's very personal and um it's very situation specific so you're right once once you're once there's only one of you it's a whole whole different situation and you might have have different goals so yeah absolutely bart i just i have a couple of just brief uh, little bullet points um they're kind of scattered um mm-hmm. so i will just let you answer them however you want to uh, if you would just touch on them especially for women getting credit established in their own name because normally it's joint joint credit the importance of establishing that the importance of budgeting and and how to do that because the surviving spouse may never have had to even think about doing that and i know we don't want to think about this but after the death of a spouse you you lay yourself wide open um for the possibility of being hit uh, by by scammers absolutely all 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 important topics um let's maybe maybe go backwards on what you talked about and talk about the scammers first i mean i guess that's always a pro- problem you know with with the technology expanding and increasing there's just more and more ways to 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 be scammed so you know obviously just be always aware i don't know some rules of thumb on that you know maybe this sounds a little cliche but you know if something sounds too good to be true we all know it probably is so that's probably rule number one. Again, it's kind of going back to the understanding thing. If somebody's trying to tell you something and you don't understand it, uh, don't take their word for it. 
you know, always make sure you run that idea by one of your trusted advisors to make sure that that it makes sense for what, you know, your situation. Don't rush into anything. I mean, a lot of, a lot of scams really work because they uh, impose you know, sort of this artificial um, uh, sense of urgency. Uh, and normally there's not really anything that's really urgent unless it's, you know, a healthcare problem or something, mm -hmm. uh, you know, f financial stuff. Um, if it's worth doing, it's worth waiting for and, and understanding. So sure. I guess, especially for widows, I, I guess the fear is that, you know, in those first few months after your spouse dies, you're so vulnerable. You're, yeah. you know, your, your sense of self-worth has changed. Um, you don't know, you know, your true identity again as, as just a single instead of a married couple. And, you know, those scammers are going to play on your vulnerability. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why, you know, the safest thing to do is probably not to make any changes um, until you really get through that that phase of you know adjustment and and figuring out what's going on because you're absolutely right it's a very turbulent time you really need to be careful yeah yeah let's see let's go back to what you were uh, asking about before. what was the other one you were asking about oh the credit uh, yeah. establishing credit yeah Yes. Uh, sure, that's very important. I agree. You're right. Um, a lot of times, it's everything's in the other spouse's name, and 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 how do you how do you move on from that? You know, some easy ways to do that. Um, you know, credit cards are very easy to get. Um, there's some great ones, actually. Of course, you know, with with good benefits to them. You know, uh, uh, airplane miles and stuff, so you can start a, you know accumulating free miles to take some trips with. So you know, get yourself a credit card, um, make sure you make sure you pay that credit card timely. So that's, that's kind of the trick to establishing good credit is to, is to use the credit card, but then to pay it off timely um, and establish that, that credit worthiness. Another interesting trick is these days with 0% um, financing on cars. So you can, uh, if you're going to buy a car anyway, um, you can oftentimes get factory financing at 0%. So it doesn't cost you anything, but you still get a loan and you still make payments on it. Uh, and so uh, that's a great way to establish credit in your own name uh, at no cost, because again, it's a zero interest, per interest rate loan. Um, so uh, you're just pay paying back the principal over time and it's you know not, not costing you anything. So the couple of couple of ideas uh, there in terms of you know establishing credit yeah excellent excellent points but I I don't think a lot of people well especially a lot of women I don't think they think about that and and it is very important you know going forward yeah how about day like weekly budgeting you know it's I think sometimes it's easy to you're by yourself you know you are going through grief and pain and it's easy to go overboard with spending. So yeah, reining the spending in, but yet allowing yourself to have some enjoyment in life. Um, I know some women that, that have become paralyzed, they were afraid to spend anything because, mm -hmm. because their husband wasn't there to help them make the decisions. And so you kind of got to get into that budgeting mode. Yeah. You're right. And I think everybody's got a different perspective on it. That's an interesting um, uh, spectrum in the sense that some people are paralyzed by spending and actually then, you know, freeze and, and aren't spending anything. Whereas other people might be the opposite and might just be kind of a free for all and uh, maybe trying to, you know, 
medicate through spending or something. So yeah, there's there's a lot of lot of variety there. I think it maybe gets back to kind of uh, getting that team of trusted advisors in place because all those folks will have a, a logical sort of detached uh, practical perspective on on your situation and can help you maybe navigate you know, how to do that, how to set up, you know, if you want to do a budget, you know, some kind of a spending budget, how to set that up, or how to, you know, monitor your income so that you can be aware of what you can spend and what you shouldn't spend. Um, You know, that's, that's a first step too, is right, if you don't know what your, if you don't know what income is coming in, how do you know how much you can spend? So that, you know, maybe there's that first step again of, of kind of getting your arms around your financial situation and particularly your income situation, you know, and your sort of fixed expense situation too, right? I mean, everybody's got sort of, sort of some baseline of, of expenses every month, um, yeah. you know, be it housing or, uh, you know, insurance or, um, uh, you know, obviously food. So I think before you can sort of start making decisions around what to spend and how much you can spend, you know, again, you really need to get your arms wrapped around where you are, both in terms of assets and income. Right. Well, I, I think the key is finding a happy balance, like the middle ground, what you do, what your income is, what you need to live on. And then, you know, what can I what can I spend for my enjoyment? I mean, I, I think once your mind is put at ease, as far as those basic things, I think it goes a long way to, um, like to a sense of calm in, in your life, uh, especially in right in the middle of all the upheaval and everything. Once you can tell yourself, I'm going to be okay. I'm, I'm going to be okay. I, I think that's the key. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think that that sort of inner peace and inner calm is something you really want to aim for because it, it helps you in all sorts of aspects of, of your life to try to, to try to reach that point. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I threw a lot at you and, and you've done a great <laughs> job, like touching, touching on all those things that I threw at you. Cher, do you, do you have anything for Bart? I do. You know, Fran and I, and our husbands were older. And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about younger widowers or younger widows who might have to, A, go back to work. Mm. They have children at home. Fran and I, our children are grown. And so there's that aspect too. And I think, and Bart, please correct me if I'm wrong. If a spouse passes and he or she, they were working at the time, I think a good place to start is at the spouse's employer and go in and talk to them because there could have been a life insurance policy that you knew nothing about. Uh, Employers offer a variety of benefits. And I would also start at your spouse's employers and see exactly what benefits they had. And maybe you're your spouse had a 401k or some other type of pension benefit that you would know nothing about. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a very good place to start. And all those things you, you touched on, I think that's all absolutely right. You know, the, the, the insurance benefits, pension benefits, 401k benefits, all that stuff starts at the employer. 
So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, continuing healthcare benefits, of course, we all know that from, you know, if you if you change jobs, that's very important to, to keep your eye on that ball. But clearly, if you, if you lose your spouse and that's where the insurance is coming from, that's something you really need to, to, to get, uh, get a hold of right away. So, yeah. Bart, we know you have a financial consulting business. And could you please tell our listeners some information about that? Well, sure, Sherry. Thanks. Yes. Um, yeah, so I think I may have told you in the beginning or that you, when you, in your bio, you mentioned, you know, when I started taking over my, my parents' uh, financial situation when, when my dad had a health scare. So, yeah, so what I do is I, I, I basically do daily money management for clients. Um, and, uh, you know, what does that mean? I mean, it, there's lots of different ways to, to slice that, but um, uh, it's, you know, it's very personalized. But basically, it just means you know having somebody else involved in your day-to-day financial life, all the way from um, you know very brief and and uh, occasional um, reporting of what's your situation and how you're performing, uh, all the way to uh, you know paying all your bills if if you if you get to a point where you're just not even able to um, to, to manage your own finances. Um, so. It's 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 a it's a big topic and it's a big uh, um, uh, concept, but uh, basically it's it's sort of daily money management um, services. Excellent. And if any of our listeners want to contact you, how could they do that? Sure. Uh, easiest way is probably email. Um, so that's my email address is Bart. That's B as in boy A R T at Mavi Solutions. That's one word. Uh, M as in Mary A. V is in Victor, I, solutions, plural, with an S on the end, uh, dot net. So Bart at mavisolutions.net. Um, shoot me an email and let me know what your thoughts are, and I'll be happy to, uh, to get back to you and, and, and start the conversation. Well, thank you so much, Bart, for being on our program today. You really gave our listeners some great information, and we appreciate having you on our show. Well, thanks, uh, Sherry and Fran. It's been great being with you, and uh, g- good luck with your podcast. I think it's a, it's a great idea, and uh, I hope your uh, listeners are enjoying it. Thanks, Bart. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. We want to thank our executive producer for her continued expert advice and critiques of our podcast. Many thanks to Park North Studios for mixing our audio, and a very special thanks to Bart for making this podcast so informative and beneficial to our audience. And of course, we want to thank you, our listeners, for constantly tuning in and listening every week to our podcast. And Fran, this week we did have comments from listeners about previous shows. And the first one is from Shannon. And she's writing about episode 15, which was our life counselor, Jay Julian. Such a great episode that covered so many losses that occur in life. Grief is present for so many people in so many ways, even lost through a divorce, which I had not considered until hearing this episode. It was so good to hear the difference between a grief counselor and a life coach. When we can't go back, we must find ways to move forward and either find the person we were before the loss or find the person who we can become after the loss. We have to push forward for those who were not privileged to be with us for the journey ahead. Fran and Sherry, you are doing such a great job with the podcast, and your guest speakers have all presented really good information. I always look forward to the next episode. Shannon from Michigan. 
And Shannon, thank you so much for your comments. Sherry, I also received a comment. Um, this is from Meg from Chicago. She also is speaking about episode 15. And even just before I read hers, I keep going back to the one comment that Jay Julian made, the difference between a counselor and a coach as far as what they can do for you. And it just makes so much sense that a counselor can stabilize you but a coach can mobilize you. And I just, that it just keeps sticking in my head. So Meg says, um, I just listened to episode 15 of your podcast. This was the episode with your special guest, who was also a life coach. Really, really excellent. I would trust Jay Julian to be my life coach. I loved his messages. He is so positive and seems so understanding. This is what I believe I would need under circumstances like losing a spouse. He was so encouraging. One step at a time. It was a fantastic episode. Maybe my favorite so far. That was a very nice comment that Meg wrote. So thank you, Meg. If you would like to write a comment, our email address is modern.whittle.podcast at gmail.com. Once again, modern.whittle.podcast dot podcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to our podcast on the following apps, Anchor, Spotify, Breakers, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Google Podcast. I'm Sherry. And I'm Fran. And we want to remind our listeners that next week we'll be continuing in our series, Widowhood 101. So till next time, remember, the road ahead will always be under construction. So watch out for the potholes. See ya. Bye-bye. to be free, I bet.